show a quick, just two-minute video. The healing team is bringing us the, go for it, Holy, the movie Holy Ghost. And they're inviting you to come. This is an, a visual eye test. If you'll, does it move left or right? I will tell you just as they bring that up there, because I I see that there's some audio challenge there too. There's a clipboard that's going around that can uh, you can sign up to help with that. I'm, yes, Brandon, it's self-explanatory. There's also a clipboard that's going to go around. If you signed up last week, don't sign up twice unless you're bringing twice the food. For the picnic, if you want to be water baptized, you need to make sure that we know about that. I also just encourage you that um, you can do this online as well. And if you signed up manually, that that's being changed over to online. Here we go. Come see the movie. See the whole thing. This is just an advertisement. Huh? Saturday. Saturday night. 6.30. No, no, it's Saturday. Yeah. All right. You can get rid of that. <laughs> I can't see anybody trying to watch it. So... It is good. Though. Anything these guys do is really good. It's really good. Saturday, 6.30 in this room. Saturday, 6.30 in this room. Jen asked, well, I thought it was Monday. We moved it to Saturday to accommodate more people. So Saturday, a week from yesterday, 6.30. So, Jordan, that, that video that I was going to start with is probably dead too then, right? I was going to start with one. The word that uh, God has been giving us, huh, what is this? The mystery sound has, oh, that's the wrong one. That's the wrong one. So anyway, they'll figure it out. There it is. There it is. Yeah, what's his name? I forgot his name. Yeah. Ryan Williams. Yeah, that's right. Into a summer weekend, no one would blame you if you felt right about now as if the world was falling apart. And because so much of the news is so bad from Ukraine to the Middle East, we thought we'd end the week by highlighting some of the good things that go on every day. Yeah!
The, uh, he just was seeing the homeless on the, on the street in Detroit, and he just uh, talked to his grandmother and said, well, let's go. And so he started making sandwiches, or he heard him talk about getting a coat and a hat, and they started delivering it. And uh, anyway, am I on? I'm probably not on, so I am now. So. But he, anyway, is that it? Yeah. And so anyway, he just saw the need. He responded, making a difference. And then what happened is you saw all that was going on there now is Walmart and these other big corporation stuff saw what he was doing, so they start funding what he's doing. And, and literally, it's just really a heart because, uh, you know, what God's doing in us, the, the vision that God, if you don't have a handout, if you would raise your hand up, there may be a lot. And, uh, but anyway, the, um, making a difference. Let's go to the next slide, Jordan, because one, really what God has given us in dwelling place is a vision that we're really starting to measure everything in, about us is making a difference by embracing God's heart and pursuing His presence. In fact, uh, literally, I, we had a situation last uh, recently down in Big Stone Gap where the, there were some fresh, there were things happening in the church down there that were not too cool. So I went down and met with the leaders, and uh, Jim Driscoll and I went down and, and met with them. And, uh, and so we, uh, I just going, okay, God called you down here. What did he call you down here for? And I know without a shadow of a doubt the thing that he called him down there for was to make a difference. I said, so how are you going to do it? And so what really reality was is what they had shrunk back into. Their mindset was, we're going to make a difference. We're going to, uh, we're going to rent a building. We're going to have a, a little gathering on Sunday morning, and that's going to cause a difference to happen in Big Stone Gap. Right. We're a town that, in an area that where drugs... Uh, just permeate the whole fabric of society. One, Jared Hill and I were talking about where Jared's from there, and I lived down there at one time. And a whole, a whole generation is about loss because of an addiction issue. And so as I spoke to the church leaders, I'm going, you need to make a difference. Stop worrying about doing church. Let's just take off dwelling place off thing. And one of the things that we're just thinking about doing is calling a training center, Freedom Center. 
just to target the drug issue in that town, to make a difference. And so God has just put this thing in us to make a difference. It's like this 12-year-old boy that uh, about it. Well, in this, in this process, God gave this passage of Scripture to me out of Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. Let's look at this thing. And it's just in the middle of the Beatitudes. It says, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has become tasteless, how can it can be salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Go on, next slide. For it says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, on the, but on a lampstand, and gives it light to all who are in the house. And it says, go on, next, next verse says, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works, and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Now, this is a commission of God, because notice what it literally, the statement in there, let your light shine. Make a difference. That's the word from God. I mean, to make a difference. And it's sort of to back up into this, because I want to see some declarations. Go to the next slide. Notice this thing. Notice the wording here. You are salt. You are light. It's not saying be salt, be light. What? You are salt. You are light. If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, like this 12-year-old boy, you will. You are salt. You are light. I mean, that, I mean, that kind of stuff excites me to know in because, you know, a lot of people say that, you know, ADD, ADHD is a bad thing. But I'll be honest with you, that's what I got. I think it's a good thing because I just don't like things to remain the same. Let's change it. If it's good, oh, well, let's shake it up. And then maybe, I don't know. But I just, there was a, in the fabric in my heart, all down through the years, just to make a difference, make a difference, make a difference, Rick. And, uh, you know, it's not, I don't think it's just me. It's the destiny of every one of us in this room to make a difference, whether it's in our family, our street, our community, our state, our nation. How about the world? Make a difference, because that is who we are. And go to the next slide, because in the reality of this, y'all, is the heart of God for us to make a difference. The heart of God for us to be great. Look at this passage in 1 Chronicles 29, 12. For both riches and honor come from you, God that is. It says, and you rule over all, and in your hand is power and might. It lies in your hand. I like this. It lies in your hand to make great and what? Strengthening everyone. Everyone. In God's hand is the, is, is the power, but also his hands connected to his heart. And his heart is to make great and strengthen everyone. Well, what is that great? I believe that great is to make a difference. In the, in the church of Jesus Christ, in the body of Christ in the world, is enough firepower, I believe, to rid the world of, of poverty, abuse, whatever the issue may be, is enough there to change it. That is, that's the destiny in us. And so, and, and so some things I just want you to catch when it says we are salt. Let's go to, let's go to the next slide here. And so to catch of it, we are salt. What is it? Well, you know, two things about salt. One, it's a preservative, and it's a taste. And what a guy was just telling me, it's the preservative and the taste of God 
in this age, or it's the taste of heaven. And I was just doing some, you know, some thoughts about this, and, and this is, I was doing some research, and this one guy said, in the centuries before refrigeration, I mean, that's in the days of Jesus' time, it says, uh, salt was the method of choice for, for preventing bacteria from poisoning food. Salt was so vital for this purpose that wars were fought over salt. Entire economies were based on it. Salt could literally make the difference between life and death in a time when fresh food was unavailable. That's how powerful when Jesus says, you are salt. And this writer went on to say, it says, if the kingdom... If the kingdom servant did not function and to perform on the earth according to God's plan. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm just reading the wrong thing. But I, no, here's what he said. Just as salt prevents or kills bacteria in food. I don't know if Brian may want to speak into that. The kingdom servant prevents or confronts the corruption that is in this world. That's, that's powerful. When Jesus says you're salt, to catch the revelation and the reality in his context, his time to call somebody salt is powerful statement to prevent corruption, prevent uh, whatever. You know, we're, we're arguing about issues like homosexuality and marriage and stuff like that. And, and I told somebody the other day, I just don't really know quite how I stand on that whole issue as far as like, you know, passing laws on it. Because, I, you know, you could pass laws till the cows come home. Because it doesn't change the heart. And I'm going, God, uh, you know, uh, let us focus in the right place. The intensity of our focus that we make a difference as salt and as light in this world. Let's go to the next slide. Because when it says there's salt, one, that's one of the things I just saw in the Word of God Literally, notice some things that Jesus, first in Colossians chapter 4, we're salt, the preservative taste of God in this age with our words. Notice this, it says, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned as it were with salt. Hey, y'all, uh, if, if we don't speak the grace of God into the world, who is? If we don't see it, we don't believe it, let me tell you something, the world won't. The natural characteristic of the world, you heard Brian Williams saying, oh, things are really hard, really, things are really bad. <laughs> Let's focus on something good. Well, okay. But the reality is that God has called us to speak grace. That's how we're salt. That's one of the ways we're salt, speak. Notice and notice the other passage in, 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 uh, in Luke, I'm sorry, Mark chapter 9, verse 50. Go to the next slide, Jordan, where Jesus is saying, whoops, I skipped it over. Did I, can I skip to the next one, see if it is? Yeah, there it is. Salt is good, but if, if the salt becomes all salty, what will it come to make it again? Have salt in yourselves. How? Be at peace with what? One another. That's, that's a powerful way to be, be in right relationship. In other words, we don't tolerate relationships being out of kilter or whatever. And I, I'm speaking to all of us in this place that salt, be at peace, salt in our relationships with one another. Because in it, y'all, here's the interesting thing is, 
in us, the power of the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, is the ability to make relationships right, to heal relationships. Now, here's an interesting question to ask you. Why are we seeing the power of, 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 uh, of uh, Islam rising up so strong in the Middle East? You ever wonder about why? Why? Just when everybody thought, oh, Al-Qaeda is dying off and Islam is starting to, to, to suppress. And, and all of a sudden, just out of the blue, in a matter of months, all of a sudden, ISIS rises up and they control a, a geographic area the size of England in the Middle East. Yes. I mean, where did that come from? What is that just? Is that just some kind of fluke? No, no, no. That is a spiritual force empowered by bitterness and hate. And it's, and it's just so powerful. But the body of Christ, the, the believers, and it's no, it's no accident to me that the strongest Christian influence in Iraq is in the northern part of Iraq. And that is the place that got targeted by ISIS. It's no accident. And so, but it's, but it's in the body of Christ, the church of Jesus Christ is the salt to the fabric of this world. Let's go on. It says, you're light. How about this? A light. What does that mean? Okay. You are light. Well, you were formerly darkness, but now are the light in the world. Walk as children of light. For Watch this. For the fruit of the light consist of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Let's think about this. When it says you're a light, what we are is the representative of heaven that imparts what's truth, what's good, and the righteousness. Now, you all know that we've taught here in Dwelling Place that righteousness, there's at least, um, well, two major types of righteousness. There's the righteousness of men. And there's the righteousness of God. You know, that's what we're dealing with. Righteousness literally means that which is right. And so what we're struggling with in our society today is the declarations of the righteousness of men being, is being what's espoused. Homosexuality, I'm, I'm sorry I'm picking on this one issue, or that's not homosexuality, but sexuality in our society today. You know, people having sex outside of marriage without that. Well, literally, that's the righteousness of men. Oh, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. That's the righteousness of men. But you got the righteousness of God. But then also, the righteousness of God, there's two types. There's the righteousness which is according to the law. That's external standards. You see this all in Romans chapter 10, verses 1 through 4, or 1 through 6. And then there's the righteousness which is of faith, which is according to the heart. Different. Well, that's what God has called us to be the light in this world, a righteousness which is according to faith. Now, y'all, now here I'm going to speak this real quick. This is a commercial. Because if we're light in this world and we're picking up the righteousness of God, which is according to the law of Moses, and that is what has happened, and that's why it's discredited the body of Christ so much in the world. Because when the law is basic thing is espoused, the law is a ministry of death. The law is a ministry of condemnation. But God has called us to be bearers and declares of the righteousness which is of the heart. The righteousness of which is the heart does not do away with the law of the righteousness of Moses. 
Jesus said, I did not come to do away with the law, but to what? Fulfill it. So it just goes to a higher level. So good, what's good? What's true? And that's what the, we uh, are in this world. And I, you know, working, you know, as a campus minister at Virginia Tech for a long time, I just seemed like I got myself into a bunch of places a bunch of times in some crazy circumstances trying to declare truth. One of my favorite, <laughs> one of my favorites, funniest times, we were having this tech campus ministers meeting. <laughs> there were two of them. I'll share one. Is, this one occurred back in 1987, 80, 80, 88. There were 14 campus ministers there at this meeting. And all of homosexuality became the issue. We're discussing it. Two of the 14 tech campus ministers in that meeting that day were said that homosexuality was not God's purpose. Twelve did. And I, you know, I'm going, what? And I'll never forget one time we're with the vice president of the university in this tech campus ministry meeting. They were talking about having gay safe zones. And I'm going, oh, what? <laughs> Why do you need gay safe zones? How about Christian safe zones? You know, or whatever. <laughs> and I'm going, in that place, trying to stand with truth and declare it. At least, they, they may not espouse it, but at least there's something there. Because, you know, like the Word of God judges the thoughts and intentions of the heart. If nobody says nothing, there's no, one, no standard of measure which to measure the conclusions in somebody's heart. If we don't say it, the world won't. That's why Christians are today are being spoused as dumb, stupid. It's because what happens when you say something, it brings conviction, brings revelation. So we are salt. We are light. We are the preservative of heaven and this earth. We are the declares of goodness, righteousness, and truth from heaven for this earth. You cannot expect the ruler of this world, Satan, to go, okay, let the truth light. Truth and life uh, be declared on the earth. Remember, Satan is the ruler of this world. And God has allowed us to be in the midst of it. I want you to think about this. Why does God allow us to accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior and let us stay here? If, if everything in this, us being here, y'all, was about getting in God's presence and just enjoying Him and relationship with Him, y'all, as soon as you got saved, you would be raptured. Why do you think when you get saved, you stay? <laughs> to make a difference. That's why Jesus said in John 17, I ask you not to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. And so anyway, we are salt. We are light. And notice what, by, first, go to the next slide, please, Jordan. Verse 16, let your light shine. Let it shine. Make a difference. Now, I'll go into more detail about that in a second, about this. But there's something that the Lord's told me. Okay, I want you all to think about this past scripture we were looking at in Matthew chapter 5. 
And go to the next slide. He said, let it shine. That's literally what it is. It's an imperative tense verb. And I'll talk about it in a minute. But he's saying, let it shine. Or really, don't say let it shine. Shine. That's how it reads. Or light. And we'll talk about that. Now, here's the interesting thing that Jesus in this passage in verse 13 was showing me. He says, what I was seeing is, his statement he makes, as salt becomes taste. Oh, go to the next slide, Jordan. I think I got it out of order here. Sorry about that. Oh, well, never mind. Let me read this. Listen to this very carefully. Oh, sorry. Got my slides mixed up. I had a wedding to go to. I didn't get home till late last night. And, and last week, at the end of the week, I was mowing grass all week to get ready for the college ministry out the property. And so, so I was every moment in between, I was studying and writing. But get this, you are the salt of the earth. If the salt becomes tasteless, how will it become salty again? It's good for nothing to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by the men. And then it goes, talks about let your light shine a city on the hill. And then it starts talking about putting a light under a basket. And all of a sudden the Lord was showing me these hindrances, the salt and light. Hindrance of salt and light. Go, go to the one before that, Jordan. And, and uh, the one on this. And catch this. The passage of Scripture here says, if the salt becomes tasteless. What? What? Okay. I've got three things here. Salt. How in the world does salt become tasteless? I'm going. And I, I did some research, and, and I know it's dangerous, but... But I was reading what one chemist said, and he said, and he spoke, I liked it because he spoke it in my terms. He said, salt, the compounds in salt, sodium chloride, correct, are, are very much in love with each other. <laughs> They're very stable. It's a very stable compound. That's why, it, it, you know, you put it in water, it remains salt. It's, you know, it's just, it's salt. So how does salt become unsalt? And then, it, then I said, well, what's that word in the American Standard? It says tasteless. Well, how does salt become tasteless? It doesn't. It never does. It never does. So I said, what does that Greek word tasteless mean? And I thought, well, it had to do with food, you know, ability to taste. And all of a sudden, the Lord showed me that word tasteless does not mean tasteless. It means diluted. And so I thought about Max and Francis. What I have here it looks similar to salt. Playground sand. Sand. So how do you want to, how do you, when Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth, and if salt becomes tasteless, no, no, that's in the English. If salt becomes unsalty, no, that's in the English. If salt becomes diluted, It's good for nothing. Because guess what? You can't go in there and separate all these granules again, can you? Does anybody want to taste it and see if it's salty? <laughs> see if it's good for Margie? You, you're a good cook. Would you use salt? And s No. It's good for nothing. What do you think we'll do with this? Throw it out. Throw it out in the driveway when I get home. 
Because why? It's diluted. It's diluted. And that's what happens to the body of Christ. That's how it happens to you. You're salt. There's salt in here. But guess what? This salt right now is good for nothing. What is happening to the, G the church of Jesus Christ today? It's good for nothing. We're not having an effect on society today. So what's happening? The world's trampling on us. There's no respect. There's no honor. There's no value. Because you know why? Deluded. We're deluded. And delusional. Well, how does it dilute it? How are we deluded? Well, the world. The dirt. That's what the context, the whole thing that Jesus is talking about. Let's go to the next slide, Jordan, because I want this couple things that the Lord showed me was. First thing is, is that y'all, the world is that which deludes, but the Lord showed me is the world manifests itself in three ways. First, the secular world. Catch this past scripture. So as to live the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for the lust of men, but for the will of God. For the time already past is sufficient for you to have carried out the desires of the Gentiles or the world. Keep going. Having pursued a course of sensuality, lust, drunkenness, carousing, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries, and all this they are surprised that you do not run with them in the same excesses of dissipation, and they malign you. I'm going to say this, y'all. Say this in love. But there's been a couple of times I've been at weddings, I was, I was embarrassed to say that I was from dwelling place. I'm serious. I just want to say, I don't know the people. Now, who are you? Because there were some places that I was at that I had been sharing Jesus with, and I knew those people were hurting. They were hurting. And then when things break loose, and that, and literally like you'll see here, there's no difference. The salt becomes diluted. In other words, there's points in time, y'all, that when we, we're not Jesus and we're Jesus. I want to say this, we're the salt of the earth. There's never a time that we're not it. In fact, uh, and that's, you know, one of the most powerful weddings I ever been to was one like Doug and Monica's wedding. Where's Doug and Monica? Are they here? Are they in the back with kids? Dude. We were at this traditional church. They got married in this traditional church. And a lot of traditional people were there. And all of a sudden, I know this sounds religious, but all of a sudden, we're doing, they're doing how to DJ, okay? All of a sudden, DJ made a mistake. And they put in some Holy Ghost music. Spirit of praise hit that place. Next thing I know, probably about 150 people are in the middle of the dance floor dancing and praising Jesus with all their mind. My two kids, Shay and Michelle at the time, were like this and this. Shay and Michelle are out there oh, you know, doing this. And the, and the thing around the world, think the people around the outside and the people in the world were seeing this stuff and they're going, this is different. This is different. I remember, you know, being Tulio's dad, coming into an eagle's nest party, coming into it. And people are, I mean, this is crazy. We're in the middle of the apartment, Daniel Wheeler's apartment. Daniel Wheeler was one of them, Marcus Salpin, and 
huh? Tim of Pisa and, and uh, there was an apartment. So anyway, just basic party in Radford University. They'd taken huge speakers from our campus ministry and put them in the windows of the apartment. And probably couldn't do this day and time. Jacked it up with praise and worship. It was parents' weekend. Parents were coming in. They're dancing in the middle of Florida to great God. I don't you know. And uh, it didn't walk Tulio's dad. He's going, where's the beer? He went in the kitchen. Well, no, I don't see no beer. It's in, it's in the air vents. It's in the air vents. They're high on something. And he went, he, he went down the street, and he found a fraternity party, and he, he found the beer. And he came back. Well, they've got beer. They don't. They're partying. They are. And the next day at the meeting, he goes, I want to know something. I'm serious. This is crazy because they thought we were a cult at the time. And they go, okay, I want to know it. How come just a few months before this, my son has fallen off a bar, off a dance floor in a bar, busted his head wide open, and he's had to go to the hospital, and, you know, all because of getting drunk and when he comes into this place, and now all of a sudden he's, quote, changed. How? Daniel Wheeler stood up. He said, this is when he was a senior at Radford. He goes, well, I just want to tell y'all, I was the guy you never wanted your daughter to date. But Jesus changed my life. And dude, God touched Tulio's dad's heart. God touched a bunch of people's heart because salt saying, okay, I'm not going to be deluded by the things of this world. That don't make you righteous, y'all. That don't get, that doesn't make things right with God. It just says, I'm, I refuse to allow something to de, de, you know, dilute who the Jesus is in me. So that when they see me, they see Jesus as Jesus. That's the goal in my life. Let's go on. But y'all, the secular world, that's bad. But you know the worst to me is the religious world. Man, I'm going to be honest with you. You know, how is it that you do not understand that I did not speak to you concerning bread? But beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Then they understood that they didn't. He said to them, beware of the leaven of bread, but of the teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. I'm going to be honest with you, y'all. The being deluded of the world is, is, at times in my past, it was bad. Because I'm the guy, y'all, that one of the reasons why this is such a hot issue for me sometimes, I'm the guy, y'all, that I was at a party. I'd gotten saved. There was a couple of people there I'd taken to church with me. You know, there was this one particular girl named Candace. I'd taken her to church with me, you know, and, you know, I'm Jesus, you know, this kind of stuff. And they were sitting around at this party, around, I'll never forget, around this barbecue grill, standing there with a beer in my hand, and about every other word coming out of my mouth was cuss words. And she looked at me and she said, I thought you were a Christian. <coughs> okay. <coughs> Tell me I want to crawl under a rock. Dude, thank God that she spoke that because it hit me. You can tell it's still in me today. I'll do a Christian. But I'll be honest with you. Those, you know, those were days 
best, but the worst for me now is ministry. Worried about how you do something or way you do it, when the fullness of it, y'all, that's what making a difference. How? Embracing the heart of God, God's heart, pursuing His presence. Y'all, it's easy to say. It's easy to to let ministry, preaching or teaching or focus on that counseling, uh, you know, be a focus and not a deep passion for His heart and a pursuit of His presence. It's so easy because it 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 just does this to you. God forbid dwelling place, ministry, and church dilutes the snot out of us. Not it's not, whatever, sorry. So anyway, how about how about here's another one that really will dilute you. How about go to this the world? How about this one? That religious world. How about my world? You talking about diluting something? My world. How about this? Whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. The biggest issue of me dealing Jesus, pursuing his presence, and embracing the totality of his heart is me. You remember I told you all when I first got married, and I think it's still there at times, I had a big S written on my chest. And it wasn't Superman. It was selfishness. Self. I was the God of myself. It is the dilute. It'll dilute the salt. When all you're worried about is you, because I'm going to tell you something, y'all. When you start, start stepping out, embracing the heart of God and pursuing God's presence, you're going to have to run straight into the deal about self. I deal with it all the time. I'm going, Lord, how have I... How, where have I gone? Where did I go? You know, there's times I go, where did I go? And God's going, yeah, that's the problem. You're still around. <laughs> supposed to be Jesus. <laughs> You're there. Oh. I'm going to get to worship team one day to re- that song, The Heart of Worship. I'm going to get, y'all got to do that for me one day, Amy. You know where... Heart worship, you know, it's it's not about me, Jesus. It's all about you. If if I could see things, you know, but I, I really want us to rewrite that song. It's all about me, Jesus. It's all. It's not about you. If you could see things my way, that I alone am God, and I you surrender to my will. We laugh about that. We do, but how much do we pray like that? Really? Salt. The world dilutes you, both secular, religious, self. How about, how about light? What's a hindrance to light? Well, you know, you take a light and you cover it up. What could, what could hinder the light that is in you? Dude, that takes a major effort. You know this? You know this? Jesus cannot, I mean, I'm sorry, Satan cannot shut up the light is in you. Only I can shut the light off. Not I only I can not shut it off. It's in me. Only I can cover it up. 
And how? Well, he starts showing me. He says, how do, I, how do I shut this up? This light. How do I cover it up? And the first thing the Lord showed me was shame. Notice in Peter. You know, Peter, when he denied Jesus by a charcoal fire, and after Jesus had raised from the dead, go to the next slide, Jordan, in John 21. And Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. I'm going fishing. And we will also go with you. And so they went out and they got in the boat that night and they caught nothing. You know, skipping on down in the past scripture when all of a sudden John says, oh, that's Jesus. So when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment for his strip work and he threw himself into the sea. Go to the next slide. No, I'm sorry, never mind. He threw himself in the sea. Why? Y'all have heard me say this before. What was this? Why did Peter? He didn't jump in the, I, the thing I thought was Peter jumped in the water to, to swim to Jesus. No, the, the other disciples got in the boat and they rowed ashore. They got to Jesus before Peter. Peter was worried about the fish, but you weren't worried about no fish. Peter was ashamed to see Jesus. I've, I've heard this so many times. Oh, I can't declare God. I'm not, I'm not good enough. I heard it this week. I was talking to this precious woman of God that came out of this body. She's no longer here, but she says, I can't go. I, I can't go. Uh, uh, you know, I believe God would call me to go to Macedonia. And I said, well, that call's still there. I can't go. I, I'm not a good enough Christian. I go, what? I want to throw up. Dude, and I know her heart, but shame, shame. I'm not good enough, or I've done bad, whatever. God, God can't forgive me. I'm, dude, the greatest, the greatest testimonies of God's the one who has been forgiven the most. Shame veils it. In fact, that's what the functions of shame, to hide one of the other things that will shut us off, the light that is in us, is standards of measure, comparison. Look at this in John, John 11, 47, 48, with the Pharisees. Man, they shut the light off in them big time. They shut the light of God off big time. Look at this. So the chief priests and the Pharisees convened the council saying, What are we doing? <laughs> For this man is performing many signs. But y'all, dude, it's one thing for me to compare myself to Simonis. And try to perform and do what Simonis does. That's hopeless for me. Sorry, I didn't mean to hit you in the face. <laughs> but, but that's, I mean, dude, how many people has he helped move in this place here? <laughs> I'm curious. How many people has he helped in all his crazy times of need? Simonis, Simonis. Dude, I, <laughs> you know. But to compare yourself to Jesus i got to perform that. That shuts you down quick. Jesus ain't told us to compare ourselves to him. He just said, let me shine through you. I'll do it. And that's what? If we let him go on like this, then all the men will believe in him, and Romans will come and take our place from us. Uh, that's That's what comparison, classifying will do. It'll veil what's in you. I could say, Ingrid, right now. Hey, Ingrid, come up and share Jesus. Come on. What you shaking that head now? What you shaking that head? Because I would think that when I, y'all heard me giving her a hard time about it when, when she was shared a couple of weeks ago, I said, I don't, I don't have anything. All I got is about a watch. <laughs> yeah, and everybody, people still, that watch still touched them. You still got it? Yeah, <laughs> there it is. 
what? Because what happened? God ain't called Ingrid to be her imitation of Tom Burby or Burby, Tom Burby, Ingrid, or, you know, it's her. But if she starts to compare, classify, put some standards up, y'all. Because, like, I love that 12-year-old boy, y'all. He wasn't smart enough to say whether he did it right or wrong. He just did it. Did y'all see how he made the peanut butter jelly sandwich? (laughs) Some adult would come along and go, excuse me, this is what you need to do. That boy need to do it just like he's doing it. One of my favorite words, Tom's uh, oh, got in Dudley Hall. He's going to have a healing minister in his church, and, and he's bleeds, trying to bathe the body. And, and so they had the people pray for uh, healing lines, and, you know, I mean, uh, all the leaders to come pray for people to be healed. And, and so uh, and Dudley wanted his son, younger son, he was about this big, to, to just get used to praying for people and, and sort of be there alongside him. But all of a sudden, so many people came up for prayer for healing, but, you know, this lady came and went straight to Dudley's son and not to Dudley. And so Dudley's kind of praying for this person, but listen to what's happening with his son. And his son just reaches up his hand to the lady and says, Jesus, fix her. Amen. <laughs> walks away, and the woman walks away, and Dudley's going, oh, no. You know, and so after the meeting was over with, Dudley went up to that woman and goes, I'm sorry, ma'am. Uh, you know, I know you were coming up for prayer for healing, and and my son, you know, he's just learning how things, and, you know, it's okay. And the woman goes, oh, that's okay. Goes, when he prayed for me and said, Jesus, fix me, Jesus fixed me. I was healed. Amen. You know, praise God. There's no standards of measure. If you entertain it, it'll, it'll dampen the light in you. The last one. That'll, that'll, blind, that'll, that'll veil the light in you is fear. Notice this in John 12, 42, for it says, many, nevertheless, many of the rulers believed in him, but because of the Pharisees, they were not confessing him for fear that they would be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the glory of men more than the glory of God. You know, one of the biggest things that veils the light of God in us. So making a difference in the world is fear. What if I go up to somebody, what if they reject me? What if they put me out of the synagogue? God called me to make a difference in Beirut in, in uh, when did I go? April? March? God called me to go there. Y'all, I shared with y'all in my heart how fear was. And people, I called down Florida and talking to my dad and the guys working with me. They said, Rick, why in the world you want to go to Beirut? Why do you want to go there? I don't know. God's saying go. Afraid. Rick, George's telling me, Rick, they're having bombs every day in Beirut. I'm on the plane. Go in there. Why do I want to go there? Don't go there. Don't go make a difference. And I'm thinking I'm going there for a few short people. A few, not short people, in height, but. (laughs) (laughs) They'll be here next week, so you'll see they're short. (laughs) Don't tell them I said that. (laughs) But a few people. But, you know, you remember me sharing all the testimony, and Joseph verified this. That when I landed in Beirut, and I'm declaring peace to Beirut. And that was in March. You said March. When Joseph was here in, the, in June. Was it June he was here? I'll keep asking. 
He said they had not had a bomb go off from the day that I arrived up to that point in time. I don't know if it's still true. That's making a difference, y'all. Declaring peace into a region, into a city. And I, yeah, you say, Rickle, you've been heady. I, no, I, I believe it. I believe it. I captured two bombs, cars loaded with bombs the day, the day I landed. And that was the last ones they've had go off in that city until that point in time. Making a difference. Fear to back you down. Fear wherever, whatever. Uh, you know, you're driving down the road and you see a, a hitchhiker. Oh, what? 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 You know, what? I, I, I can't pick him up. Or you're, you're, you know, you're walking on the streets and somebody's, you know, wanting money. Oh, well, you know, I don't know what. You know how that fear might hit you? i never forget one time walking on the streets of, just touched my heart. I was walking on the streets with Shay and Leela in, in Skopje. Outside Skopje is the largest gypsy village in the, in the world. And it's common for the kids to be begging for money and stuff like that. And Leela just had said, she'd resolved in her heart when she ever heard a kid begging for money. Most of us, when we got there, you know, they're, they're coming around and you're trying to protect your wallet because they'll go for your wallet. But, you know, you know, we're just in fear of, oh, they may steal something. But Leela would always make it a point that she would go to them and engage them intensely in relationship as kids. And I went, that touched my heart. Don't be afraid of the situation. Go right into the middle of it. Go to the middle of it. All right, Jesus, show up. Make a difference. So what shuts the light? Shame, standards, measure, or fear. But anyway, let's go on to the next slide and catch this. When it says... Jesus says in Matthew 5, 16, it says, let your light shine. And I looked it up in the Greek, and it's interesting how the thing verbalizes out. And I went to the Septuagint, which is the, the Greek version of the Old Testament, in verse 3, where it says, then God said, let there be light. The two statements are similar. They're not exact but it's similar. Go to the next slide, because in the reality of it is, is God has said to us this. He's calling and he's speaking into us. Y'all, I just want you to just, if I, can, if I can ever speak something apostolically and speak it with creative force, I pray that you receive this. Let there be light. And like I said earlier, it's not, anytime you see it, to me, every time you see a command in the New Testament where it says, let there be light, it's an imperative tense verb, you don't hear it, try to perform it. So you can't go, y'all can't go try to be a light. No longer, no more than I can have a, you know, a, a light bulb and say, all right, light bulb, shine! Uh, you can't perform it. But the power of God in you, Jesus in you, illuminating in you, you will make a difference. And all you have to do is says. Okay, Lord, plug me in. Let it be. Let it be. Let there be light in me. 
And, and the other thing I said, it's just like a while ago. The only, the only Satan's recourse is to dilute you or, or veil you. Dilute you or veil you. Dilute you or veil you. And I ask this, that we receive this truth in Romans 12 too. Do not be conformed to this world. Can we say that? Do not. Say it again, please. Either secular, religious, or self. And I love this next passage in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. If the light of the gospel in us is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving that they may not see the light of the, of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is in the image of God. Go to the next slide and get this. For God, the next two verses later, says, For God said, Light shall shine out of darkness. Is the one who is shown in our hearts and to give, give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Let it shine. You know, if I could sing, it would probably lead us in that kid song. I'm going to let it shine, let it. <laughs> but here's what I want to ask, though, practically. And, Mark, Mitch Poo, you may have some words here in, in this. I just want to ask this, that, uh, that whatever world you're in, whatever place you find you're in, self in, and that, since God gave us, gave us this vision, gave, spoke this in, and it's just permeating me. I can hear these words echo in my heart all the time. I can tell you all the time I'm hearing, make a difference, make a difference, make a difference, make a difference. If I step into a situation, my heart is to make a difference. And, y'all, I think if we're small, if we're faithful in the little things of making a difference, I believe it will sow seeds that will become faithful in the big things that will make a difference. My heart is that, that there, this is where I'm, I'm wanting to grow. I'm just telling you my heart. I want to grow in the place that wherever I go, I make a difference for good. Because <laughs> I've been in that place in my time of my life, y'all, that I made a difference. Only well, it wasn't good. But I want to, you know, time in my life for the latter years, you know, latter years, I'm believing will be the far fruit more fruitful than the former years. That wherever I go, I make a difference. It does not remain the same. And if I can be faithful in the small things, whether it's in a convenience store or, or, or a restaurant, I'm going to make a difference somehow in that place that the big things will happen. Like, I step in, like Jesus, when he stepped into a funeral, he was the worst preachers for funerals. He never preached a funeral. He just raised them from the dead. He was a terrible doctor. He was healed. He made a difference. I remember, I share this with you, when I, when I got to Okeechobee and graduated from college, and I said, God, I just had two goals in my heart, to be a successful Christian businessman and to deal Jesus with youth. 
And I just said, God, I just want to, I literally did those days. I, don't, I may not use these exact words, but I was using it. It says, God, I want to make a difference to the youth in this town in Okeechobee. It's a lot like Big Stone Gap. It's a lot like the same way. But I just wanted to make a difference. So I, the figure the deal was is Paul and I, I would work between, oh man, between 60 and 100 hours a week. I'm not exaggerating, y'all. Because every morning I'd leave the house at 6 o'clock and I'd get home at 6 o'clock at night. But I would... Paul and on, like, I can't remember what night it would be of the week, but I'd have a youth Bible study in my house. We'd meet, speak the Word of God and his kids. If I'd go, started Fellowship of Christian Athletes, meet uh, clubs in Okeechobee High School, Glades, Glades uh, Day High School, Christian Day School, Cluiston High School, four major high schools around Lake Okeechobee. God said, make a difference. Where we started out just with, it was crazy, when I started out eight years, just... Well, the FCA conference we had, I mean, uh, in our high school there at Okeechobee, we'd said, oh, let's go, let's get a bunch of kids together on, on a Friday night and uh, on, a Saturday, on a Saturday night, and we're going to go just have a barbecue. And we started off, I think we had about the first time we had about eight. God said, pushed us, said, keep making a difference in Lake Okeechobee area. Y'all, by the time it was over with, we were having about two to 300 kids on a Friday night chasing armadillos in Okeechobee. <laughs> we were literally, we'd chase armadillos. And deal Jesus into their lives and kids making a difference. God will do it. God will do it. I just ask you this. Make a difference. And I'm going to say, y'all, y'all saw it. It's real, I did this on purpose. A 12-year-old kid changing the environment of homeless in a part of Detroit. Age, not irrespect. You got something? <laughs> I just kept hearing the Lord say, you're here. You're here because someone made a difference. Like, nobody's in this place without someone speaking life into you, declaring life, praying, whatever that looks like. You know, you're here because someone made a difference in you. So just go, go be that to someone else. I mean, that is the call. It's not performance. It's not trying to figure all that out. It's not trying to, you know, I, I, I don't need to just go make peanut butter and sandwiches. If, if the Lord calls you to do that, great, do, go do it. But ultimately, the Lord wants you to walk in a place that you're making a difference wherever you're at because someone made a difference in you to get you to this place. And so I just, I just kept hearing that. Uh, um, I, don't, I don't know if Rick and Bev are here. Um, you know, Rick, Rick and, is Rick here? Rick and Beth? No, they're not. Uh, I just, I mean, that's one of my favorite all-time stories, Rick, Rick Hickman. If you, if you get coffee, whether you like it or not, I don't like coffee, so it doesn't matter. I don't, I never get it, but Rick and Bev Hickman have been here faithfully almost the last nine years to be hospitality to this body. You know how someone just made a difference? He was homeless, and he was walking underneath the Chi Alpha used to be a Chi Alpha thing over at Radford. He used to have a little storefront, and he just happened to go under the storefront at the right time because it was raining, and all of a sudden somebody saw him inside and said, hey, why don't you come in and just have a quick bite to eat? You know, Hey, why don't you come tonight? We're doing a Christmas party. And here's Mr. Ron Bernard. Gives a, gives a, he's the only one that can give an altar call at a Christmas party. I don't know how you do that, but he did it. Rick Hickman gets saved. We get to go minister. Rick and Ron got to minister. And nine years later, he's still walking in his body. Like, 
That invite somebody in when you see them on the street. Whatever. Don't be afraid. I think allowing God to birth in you this. I, I just pray you receive that. And I, I'm gonna get Rick to come and pray that because I, I just, I just pray that we receive that again. That it's not performance. It's about being. And and really, I just felt like the Lord is just redeeming some preservative in this place. He's re- redeeming taste in this place. And I just felt like that that is the, the call. So I just encourage you. Can we just stand? We're going to miss the service, but we're going to miss the service singing a song, worshiping. Yeah, so, you, so you can let the kids in. But uh, I'm going to pray this prayer. And... Uh, I just want y'all to receive. I want to receive, okay? And uh, it's just really cool. Can I ask this request that that we intentionally just say, all right, Lord, do it. Shine. Lord, salt. And what I want to ask is is that uh, let us know any testimonies that were you small or large, that where God is doing, making a difference in and around you, in situations and circumstances. So uh, I'm going to ask the worship team, we're going to close out doing a song of who God, because I'm going to tell you what, we can't do, we can't do it. And I, I want to close with this. Uh, it was interesting to me, you know, I, I, I promise you this, when God spoke to me making a difference, I had not heard it in the world. I didn't know that NBC was, had a whole section called Making a Difference. I didn't know there was a thing called YMAD, whatever it is. Youth, make, youth, youth Making a Difference. I didn't know that was such a big thing till I, this last week until I Googled it. And I'm going, but God, why, did you, why would you do that? Why would, you know, Lord, that's not original. And God said, yeah, it is, because the difference is the world's trying to make a difference apart from Jesus. And you're going to do it with Jesus. You're going to do it embracing his heart. You're going to do it just pursuing his presence, and it's where it's going to happen. So as we pray this, we're going to worship. The song is a revelation song. Yeah, just a revelation of God in us shining out. So, Lord, I just, we just agree this together. Lord, where you say, let there be light. Let there be light. Let there be light. Lord, in the same way you spoke into darkness, when there was, when there was nothing, you said, let there be light, and there was light, and you saw that it was good. In the same way, in our hearts and in this world, you're saying, again, let there be light. And Lord, I declare the power of the Holy Spirit in us to make a difference, Lord, as we embrace your heart. Pursue the depths of your presence, God. Lord, we want you. And Lord, we just want to be in this place, Lord. This world now will not remain the same within us, with us in it. God, let it be. Jesus, give us strategies of heaven. Lord, your strategies that you have created us for, all the way from making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for one person, God, to multiples. Lord, whatever, Lord, let it be. Let there be light. The revelation of you, God. The revelation of you.
Go, Heather. Feel free to tell them, let the kids come in. I know parents would be hard for y'all to worship, but they need the Holy Ghost. And as we close this out, and they're keep getting ready, I know that we're supposed to pray for some people who have compromised. They've hidden some things, and there's some people in here that want us to pray for them, uh, into them, just empowerment. So, uh, so, uh, so, uh, it's worship, <laughs> and we'll be up here at the end of this praying.
if, uh, if any of you had any prayer, any things that we talked about today, we're just ministering into your heart. There's things you want to stir up, things you want to lay aside, things you want to just make right. We'll be up here. So I just want you to come on, invite you to come on up. And uh, we'll pray. We'll pray. And then... Um, just as we're closing, Kim's going to bring a... She just had a painting that she felt like the Lord had uh, painted last night. I want to get her to explain it. I'll hold it. Just give that word. Okay. Um, so it's been a while since I've done anything that I felt is, like, prophetic. But um, I've just been struggling with kind of feeling like I just missed God on a lot of things and wasn't really at a place where I could speak to people anymore or do anything for God, um, and I just, I started painting this yesterday, and the first thing I painted was, you know, this this background or whatever, and then, and then I did this kind of ladder thing, and it was just kind of hanging there, and then I felt like I needed to do this, but it stopped short, and there was this gap between, and I felt like, um, you know, there's a lot of points in our lives where, um, we want to make these connections with people, we want to make a difference, but we just, in our own strength, we fall short, and there's that gap there. And then I felt like God just said to, to do this gold part, this connector, and I felt like the name of this was the, the bridge builder, and I felt like, you know, God's the only one who can build that bridge between people and make those connections that need to be made. And, um, and you know, there are points where we feel, we look at the ways that we've fallen short and we haven't quite made those connections, but what we need to do is just let God be that bridge builder um, and just show up, I guess. <laughs> so, that's it. so I'm just going to encourage you, if that's, if, you know, if that's a word you need to respond to this morning, come and get some prayer. And I just want to pray that as we're closing out. Um, I just want to encourage you in that. So, So, Lord, I just thank you for this morning, God. I thank you that, God, just even this morning, you're beginning to, Lord, even with that word, I just felt as Rick prayed it, God, just make a difference. As, she, as he spoke that into us, God, that, God, this bridge was getting built, the, like the rest of the ladder was getting filled in. Lord, I, I just thank you that, God, you don't leave us uh, short, Lord. You, you don't leave us without the rest of it because, Lord, you make up, you make up all the difference in that, Lord. God, and so, Lord, I just pray, Lord, maybe we felt like we don't have it, don't have what it takes, God. We just declare, God, in, in this place, in you, you have the creator of life itself. Himself is in you. The creator of life himself is in you, God. I just thank you that that's the bridge. That's the, that's the rest of the story. So, Lord, I just pray that, God, as we go out, God, that as we declare this making a difference, God, it won't be out of our own strength. It'll be out of you. It'll be out of your kingdom. It'll be out of your glory because that way you get all the glory. And, Lord, we get to just participate in the life that you're bringing to people. Lord, that's what you're doing. That's what you did with that little boy bringing life to people, giving peanut butter and sandwiches. You gave life to Rick Hickman by allowing someone to invite him in. God, whatever that looks like, God, I just pray that we would just look for those opportunities and just declare that. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We bless you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. I encourage you to come get prayer if you don't. There's two other things. There's a college uh, age ministry time just to fellowship to, right after the for uh, lunch right after here downstairs. Uh, the college ministries wanted to invite you, whether you're a part of this college ministry or any college ministry, just come and enjoy food. Also say hi to the new couple, Clark and Miranda Jackson. They are in the house this morning. Just wanted to make mention, they got married last weekend, uh, two weekends ago. They got to take two weeks, so that was good. So bless on everybody. Uh, encourage somebody as you leave. See you next week.